With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. It, it's not really a disconnect. Uh, you know, like, I, I, I talked to him uh, on the play we got sacked on. It was first in possession. I talked to him before that. I said, Clint, we got to run the ball here. And he was going to run it on second down, thinking he had a good play on first down. And then, you know, then it's on second down, it's second and 20. And so a lot of things like that happen. Uh, sometimes he doesn't hear me when he's calling a play in because you push the button and he, he can't hear me, he can only hear what he's saying. So there's some things like that that go on throughout the course of the game. <laughs> Yo, is that real? <laughs> that was real. That was an actual <laughs> quote. That's uh, times when you push the button and he pushes the button at the same time. Sorry, we can't hear so, each other because we're both pushing the button. <laughs> both buttons are pushed. No, oh, Coop, no. turn it off. He's pushing his button. It's, it's, it's like on Ventland when it feels like Declan, your mic's off. Like you're, you're trying to make a point. We no. can see your lips moving. Your mic's off. Zim, Zim, why is why is your offense wildly underachieving? Well, you know. Sometimes with these headsets, like I push the button, he pushes the button. It's hard. And then you step on the cord and and the sound cuts out. Just run the ball. Just run the ball. It's become Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Are you there? Are you there? Oh, my God. Michael. (laughs) He's become Michael Scott. Michael? Can you play? Let's play play that one one more time, time, Dex. One more time. time, time. We'll take it serious. It, it's not really a disconnect. Uh, you know, like, I, I, I talked to him uh, on the play we got sacked on. It was first in possession. I talked to him before that. I said, Clint, we got to run the ball here. And he was going to run it on second down, thinking that he had a good play on first down. And then, you know, then it's on second down, it's second and 20. And so a lot of things like that happen. Uh, sometimes he doesn't hear me when he's calling a play in because you push the button and he, he can't hear me. He can only hear what he's saying. So there's some things like that that go on throughout the course of the game. There's also the, the there's the the first part where he's like, yeah, I told him uh, on that one play. He's like, on that one play, you guys remember that one play? I wanted to run the ball, and uh, and uh, he already had a play that he liked for first down dialed up, and then of course it was second and twenty because his play sucked and yeah. he's terrible. And I told him, no, don't do it again, Clint. Don't do it again. Oh this my is, god, hey, that that that. I'm going to be honest with you. That in the old line room back when we were playing, that would have been a major fine. That would have been a major bus throwing fine. Like the fact that you said, I told him we should run the ball after he had already called a play. Like 
you'd have you'd have been crushed. Yeah, he's not. Uh, There's nobody th- finding he, him there today. I can promise you that much. He's, in, he's in bleep it mode. Oh, yeah. uh, we're finding everyone who's not watching us on a TCL TV. That's right. We're sending. You, look, we're going to be finding you in the mail if you're not watching us on a TCL TV. New lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all in an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment and Therapy. Mackie Judd, our EP Declan, and our football-loving 10-plus-year NFL vet, Alex Boone. And, uh, boys, usually like halfway through these Tuesday episodes, we turn it to Declan, who always wants someone's ass. I feel like we should lead the show with it today. Sure. May as well. Declan wants somebody's ass fired. For sure. I came into this 2021 season with, you know, high expectations for this offense. I thought, all right, year two of Justin Jefferson being an absolute stud. You got a healthy Dalvin Cook. He's he's paid. You lose Irv Smith, but it's all good. Tyler Gronklin steps up and has a nice little season. I'm even watching the emergence of K.J. Osborne in training camp, and I'm thinking, man, this offense is going to cook. It's going to be awesome. Pun intended, it's going to cook. And they made some, you know, plug-in plays on defense. They sign a Dalvin Tomlinson. They bring in an Xavier Woods. Okay, whatever. It should be better. Well, it wasn't, and I'm not going to get to that point right now. But honestly, after watching that offense now, being, what, middle of the pack through 16, 17 games, I want Zimmer, Kubiak, Janoko, Little Zimmer, anyone who's affiliated on this offense and defensive well, snap. But little, yeah, little, you just threw little, little the defensive coordinator in there. Little Zim. Little Zim oh, can go. Man. Offensive coordinators can go. Defensive coordinators go. I want all of your asses gone. You are the most underachieving team in the NFL and the NFC or in the NFC specifically this season. You weren't even able to be a top 10 offense. Your defense is an absolute mess. Everyone, your asses are fired. Goodbye. Get out of my lives. Go away. Get out of my life. Get out of my life. Get out, yeah. Go hire Kellen Moore. Oh, so? uh, th- oh, don't do that. Oh, okay. you're out on Kellen Moore. I mean, I don't even know who I'm in on anymore. There Let's we go. be honest. Does anybody know who they're in on? It's all I kind mean, of a crapshoot. The problem is this. The minute you throw out a name, someone's like, well, he's only big because of this guy. And you're like, well, yeah, that's going to be all of them. Like, they're only famous because somebody did something successful around them. Like, like you throw out Byron's name and everyone's like, well, he's just good because he's with Tom and Bruce. And you're like, okay, well, then that's not even fair to do because then nobody's going to get a chance anymore. But, like, there's so many young guys in the system. And then there's, like, you think, too, like, you're going to bring in an older guy, you know? And then you think about guys that might be – a coach that might get fired soon. Like, like one of these names I keep throwing around, people think I'm crazy. But I think if you went after a guy like Pete Carroll, I think a guy like Pete Carroll would be great. Because I don't think you understand. Like, I don't know if I would give him total control, but I would give a guy like Pete Carroll a chance because he's fresh enough that he's like, it's so hard to explain how he is as a coach. But like, everybody loves him on the team. Like, you never have an energy problem. Like, yeah, they might have a talent problem at times. But, like, when you look at it, it's like he gives you the freedom to do what you want. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like this last year has been such encompassing of what their team is that that's not who they are. You know, like, for so many years, that was not what they were. They were such a different team because of guys like Pete. 
Yeah, I just want to say I floated Pete Carroll's name on this show oh, two that's weeks fair. ago. I'm Mackie and Judd. I love and it. Judd absolutely no. laughed me out Dude, of I'm the room. I'm telling you, guys, guys like that are no, they're infectious, though. And they're guys like yeah. – because because if it comes down to this, are you going to keep Kirk or not? Are you going to try and get rid of him? Are you going to try and do something? Like, people are like, well, you can't. Dude, this is 2022 almost. Like, people don't understand this is a new era. You can do whatever you want. First-round picks get cut the next year. They get traded. Like, nobody cares anymore. There is no more, like – there's no more like accountability. And so it's like, Hey, if we can try and get rid of Kirk and move on and do something crazy, like do you go for a guy like Greg Roman? Like there's only a certain specific style of quarterback you can have in a Greg Roman offense. You can't go for it. Like, Cause I've heard his name floated around and I'm like, well, Kirk cousins can't work in a Greg Roman offense. Why? I don't think I have to be the one to tell everybody why, like he's just not going to carry the ball down the field. But then on top of that, you throw out guys like Byron Leftwich, and you're like, that's great. That's, that's a pocket passer type type offense but at the same time do you have the offensive line to do that you have the weapons around him to do it but then you like when you make a commitment like that then you have to make a commitment to go out and do something else you know what i'm saying like every coach has their own little thing their own little niche but then i start throwing like weird names off the wall like guys like mike prefer like what's the harm in bringing a guy like mike prefer back you know what i'm saying like i know special teams coaches are so not the norm right now but they will be soon like you look at a guy like joe judge he hasn't done anything in new york but I think the one thing you see is that his team throughout the year has played tough for him. You know what I'm saying? And there's no there's no guys inside that building wanting to jump off the boat. So that to me is like, man, he must be doing something right. Because in a miserable season, normally you hear guys like, I'm out. I want to be done with this. But there you don't hear any complaining. You just hear, hey, man, we're ready to roll for the next week. So I think that that trying to float coaches and quarterbacks is fun because like we, we know them and it's sexy names. And it's, hey, this guy can go there. But, Booney, I think this discussion when it comes to the Vikings and the real in-depth football discussion is this. This is why you need to start with with the non-sexy names that we don't know at GM. Um, I'm just going to keep going back to this. You threw out a bunch of questions that I think are legit and, and really good, and they're fun to talk about. But they are, at their core, true football questions right. that, should, that should be handled by a true football-savvy executive. And Rick Spielman is at the point, as much as Mike, in my opinion, where it's run its course here. So, so I keep saying this. This franchise, from top to bottom, football ops-wise, needs an audit. A hard – and so, like, it's not this whole thing of, well, look, keep Kirk. No, keep, keep Harrison Smith. Uh, this is one of – somebody needs to go through this entire operation from the scouting staff to the players to the coaching staff with a fine-tooth comb and sort out what needs to stay and what needs to go so the puzzle fits. And that's why, as much fun as it is to talk about potential quarterbacks who could succeed Kirk and or coaches that could succeed Mike, Alex, I think this really comes down to one thing. The person running the football ops who needs to get the entire thing right so that the Vikings can get back on track. Agreed. And I think that that's the biggest problem in the NFL is that you see these rifts between these, you know, coaches or GMs or all of a sudden it becomes a problem where everybody needs to be on the same page. But that's why I say it goes back to you can't really answer any questions. I guess you're right, Judd, because I guess you and me are kind of we'll be in a battle here because you think it's the GM and I think it's the quarterback that you need to settle first, because from there, then you work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, listen, you're saying. The GM should be picked first because that should be the guy that everything should flow out of. And I'm saying it should be the quarterback. You need to decide who your quarterback is first because then a lot of the answers kind of get answered for you. Like You can't just go out here and say, all right, well, hey, we're, you know what? We're going to roll with Kirk, 
okay, well, then you've just eliminated half of the coaches that are going to come here because they're going to be like, well, I serve no purpose in this offense. This will not be well. But then all of a sudden, and you can say from there, like the GMs at this point, I'm starting to wonder if, you know, the one thing I've noticed is like some of the best GMs played football. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of those guys were players. They understand. They know there's more to the business than just the business. Hey, I get it. We can all get along every day and we can all pretend to like each other. But if we're going to do this for six months every day, it's, you have to have a chemistry. And as the good GMs, they just like feel this chemistry. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, hey, I can tell there's a problem. Like some of the great GMs I had, they were like, hey, I, I can tell there's a problem downstairs. What, what's going on? What's the riff about? What's everybody upset about? You know, what are people saying? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at times you're afraid to be honest with the GM because you don't know where that's going to go. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing is like finding someone that people talk to and can be honest with and know that it doesn't go anywhere else. Like that's the one thing about this league that I hated was people would ask you an honest question and you wanted to give an honest answer, but you didn't know where it was going. And it's kind of like, is he going to go back to that person and tell him I said this? Is it going to go higher than them? Is it going to go to some of my friends? Like, so you end up just playing the political game the whole time. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, boss, you're the boss, you know? And it's like, I really do have an opinion, and I think it'd be important to be noted. But at the same time, I know that if I tell somebody, it could get shot out of a cannon, and all of a sudden, this place explodes. And everyone's looking at you like, dude, what did you say? Like, how could you have – you know, and you're like, dude, I didn't – I told you in confidence. Like, dude, I thought we were boys, man. See, I feel like – you know, just to zoom out for a second, you know, we've – you've been a regular on this show all year, and, and, and you were a regular on – the previous iteration of Purple Daily with Collar, and we've had you on our show when you were an active player and stuff. And I, the, the way that you talk about football and team building, it's not, here's the offensive scheme you should run, or here's the, like, you talk about it from a chemistry standpoint and a leadership standpoint. Like, it's very clear to me listening to you, you've been in the league for a decade, you've, you've been in a Super Bowl, you know what winning teams look like, that you value the chemistry and the trust of a team and the leaders that are put in certain spots, GM, coach, you know, yeah. the, the key assistants and the quarterback. For sure. And those are things that are really, like, we talk about Kirk Cousins' box score and all these things. It's like the things that you talk about on this show are hard, I think, for fans to quantify because you don't see a lot of that stuff. We don't see how the sausage is made. Right. But, it, but like, when I watch this Vikings team, it's very obvious, even to, like, just you know, an amateur football watcher, lifelong guy like myself, that something's off. That, that like there's there, there's clearly sort of a clock in, clock out aspect. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot less energy and enthusiasm and hype yeah. surrounding this team. Uh, they don't look like they love playing with each other. Like how? I guess my rambling question to you is: Do you see the same things? And how important when you're trying to you know, resurrect this team are those things that you can't quantify? specifically for the Vikings. Remember that second question, but that first question, Judd, we were talking about this last week. And to to be fair, I had kind of heard what Justin said, but I didn't hear the whole thing. So as soon as you had kind of gone off about it, before I had even heard that, watching their game last week, the first thing I thought was, where's the energy? Like It's like they don't even want to be here. And like to me, that's when football becomes sad because this is a game you're supposed to love. You're going to pay a dear, dear price to play this game. I'm telling you guys this morning, I was folding laundry and I like threw my back out. I'm 34 years old and I can't move without doing like blowing out a knee. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change anything for it. And it was fun. But at the same time, like when you look at all those things, like everything in football is all about chemistry and everything has to do with the guy around you. And you're like, how far am I willing to go for that guy next to me? How far am I willing to go to protect people? You look at this last game against the Packers. There was nothing. 
Like there was minimal. I mean, you're on your last straw. You can still get into the playoffs. And then people would turn around and be like, I guess we were wrong. Like they're in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like it always goes back to that question. And we had talked about how like uh, on Sunday, Amber and I had talked about how coaches that still go to the playoffs, but still get fired. Like it still happens, but it's harder because people look back and they go, yeah, they had a tough season, but they went through a lot. They dealt with a lot. Injuries, COVID came around, messed with them a little bit, but they got in the playoffs. Like, they must be doing something. When that was your last straw, and that's the last effort you show me, it shows that they this team is just not gelling. They just don't get it. And you're right. You can see it from the offense to the defense to even sometimes the way the offensive guys look at each other to the way the defensive guys look at each other and the frustration, and you see it, and they're like, you understand what's going on. And sometimes people don't understand because they're like, I don't get how you could be so mad. You play in the NFL. You're like, dude, it's, it's like you going to work after a while, your coworker next to you every single day eventually starts to bother you, starts to bug you. And then you start losing and then you start hearing noise and you're not supposed to be hearing the noise, but you are hearing the noise because it's leaking in the building. And then all of a sudden that noise becomes even louder. And the guy next to you starts to piss you off even more because some of it's his fault. And you're like, dude, they're talking about you. Can we get this together, please? You know, and then all of a sudden, then and that was my biggest point was like, sometimes it's hard to talk to guys because they get sensitive. And I got sensitive too. And it's hard because you feel like when you're in a room with guys, you're supposed to trust that room. And Coach Tressel told me, like my first year in college, he was like, dude, you're gonna, you're never gonna make everybody happy. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just tell somebody the truth and just be honest with them. He's like, it's gonna hurt. It is what it is. But like, I felt like I wanted to carry that through the league, but it's hard sometimes because you go to tell somebody something and they take it the wrong way. And it's like an explosion in the room. And all of a sudden guys are looking at you like, bro, why would you say that? You're like, dude, I, I didn't mean it like that. Like, I'm just saying, hey, maybe, maybe give me a little bit more on the deuce. I really wasn't even trying to be mean about it, but some guys, and I would do it too. Like some guys would be like, hey man, maybe a little more next time, but a little more. You want me to do anything else for you? Anything else I can help you with? You want me to do the job for you? I'm going to snap it for you too. Like you start getting mad. It's because you're losing and you're frustrated and you're hearing about it. Dalvin's running for 13 yards and we're like, wait a minute, is this Dalvin Cook? Is this the same Dalvin Cook that started the season? Like these are all the things that start to pile up. And then you look and you're like, why did it fail? Because nobody had an outlet to each other. Nobody could be honest with each other. Nobody could be like, hey, man, we're really, really screwing this up. We are pissing down our leg badly, and we need to figure this out. But instead, it's like everybody hides behind this politically correct, hey, we're good. It's not our fault. It's their fault, right? <laughs> Definitely yeah. not us, you know? It, do- it doesn't feel like there's a lot of guys, including no. the head coach. The head coach and the quarterback on this team, Zimmer and Cousins, very rarely get up publicly, and I'm guessing it's probably the same behind the scenes, and say, hey, that's on me. You know, like when I think of great leaders, and actually Tom Brady literally said this on episode seven of his uh, Man in the Arena documentary on ESPN Plus. He said, "Great leadership is if something goes wrong, it's my, it's on me. I, right. I it's on me. If something is going well, it's we. It's 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 right. it's a group effort celebration. Right. And it kind of it oftentimes feels the opposite with this team. Like the Zimmer talks about the offense as if he is disassociated <laughs> with it. It's like, dude, you are the head coach of a football right. team." You know, and, he's a and I get that, guy though. They don't like offense. But that's the thing, and I, I, I get the, why. And I get right. that you would say, Alex, no, he oh, should keep his ass out of the offensive meetings. And I'm saying there's got to be a happy medium there somewhere. Like I don't want right. a defensive coach who, like, you need to be. You are the coach of the entire operation. Right. 
and he all too often will distance himself. And Cousins has been I just work here guy for the the duration of his contract, which is which another I, thing too. Which I think is the biggest issue because I think they want him to be more, but like at sometimes you can't make somebody more than when they want to be. Like you're like sometimes, and it's hard because people don't understand the things they ask you to do behind closed doors, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm a 30 year old man, and you want me to do what? Like you. Want- babysit this guy four kids at home dude i gotta get time to babysit people i got time to go do all this or you know i don't have time to check on people to make sure they're watching film and do all this like that's their job and it's kind of like yeah but you're the leader dude and if if they see you or if they if you if you ask them maybe once or twice a week to come sit down and watch film or come sit down and hey let's go lift together let's do this together like sometimes it becomes hard and i think when that's not your personality you're like dude i don't i just don't know if that's really me and then the guys that are around you feel it that you're trying to force yourself on them like hey man i'm the i'm the boss man and they're like ah, not really. Not really. <laughs> dalvin's the boss dalvin's the big guy right here. You know? so it's to, the truth though to go back to what you said though because i mean this sport's a brutal sport it is a brutal sport the price that you have to pay to believe that you can have success and then the physical toll is huge, which is what I think leads to a very interesting period that we're in right now. Um, and it's this football strikes me as the one sport boonie that people show their true colors at the end. Like when things, if yeah. things aren't going well, that you don't get the ha- It's a, it is a brutal business. So you don't get the happy face. I'll put the, and then I'll get fired and right. get a huge check, which Mike will. Um, if you were in that locker room on Sunday, or if, if you are on this team right now, what would you be talking about and what would guys be thinking when Mike when Mike says things at the postgame press conference when he's asked about Mond like, I don't need to see him. I see him practice every day. What's going through your, your mind when he's laying blame on Kubiak because he presses the wrong button? I'm just curious what players think because this to me is the real Mike. And I will say this. We saw this guy in your year here, 2016. This guy reared his ugly head, um, and it's a very interesting dynamic because bitter, sour Zim looks like a pain in the ass to work for, and that looks like no fun. Was that, when you're talking about 2016, was that after the Packers game? Well, I'm talking about it started with, it started with you You guys are undefeated and you lose in Philadelphia, and he oh, calls yeah, you guys soft, which yeah. is a blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it, it materialized, it took off from there, yeah. and we saw this Zim he wasn't going to be fired, but he was showing his what what I think is his true character. I think that it, that's and this is where sometimes people misunderstand me. Like they don't understand that like a, a player is going to hate a coach at times, right? Like they're going to push you to the point to hate them, and that's okay. Like that's just the relationship we're together. Where it's an emotional relationship. But like when you go out and say something like that, and you add fuel to the fire, that's when guys start to get mad. You know what I'm saying? Like we knew what was going on. We're not stupid, Mike we knew we were struggling. Like we were just trying to put band-aids over everything and we were trying as fast as we could. And then all of a sudden, like when you start giving the narrative, like this, this Mun thing, when he was like, I've seen enough of them. And it's kind of like, did you need to say that? Was that really necessary? Yes. Like, I agree with you. You're frustrated. You're upset. The team's not playing as good as they should be. I am 100% with you. There's a time to be frustrated, but it goes back to that old saying of like, when you're the guy making all the decisions and you say something like that, everybody below you is like, what the hell does that mean? Like, why did, why, why you gotta be like that? Like what, at some point just be like, Hey, sure. Whatever. If we can fit him in this week, we'll fit him in this week. Like just give an answer. There's no need to be so like, you know, and that's, I think the thing that starts driving wedges between people is they start saying like, 
hey, you know, the media is already coming down on us enough. And now you've given them more to come down on us with. And it's like you're adding fuel to your own fire. And then like the teams end up getting pissed about that. And I, yeah, it's hard to explain because everybody always thinks it's always so fun to play in the NFL. But when you're losing, because my last year in the Niners, we were terrible. And it was like, you just can't go home fast enough because everybody has something to say. There's criticism behind every door. And it's like people pretend like you don't know. You're like, dude, I'm out there getting my ass kicked with them. I know how bad it is. I'm not an idiot. You know, and they're like, well, do you know? And you're like, yeah, I know. I'm there all day. Yeah. By the way, this was uh, Zimmer was asked if he uh, just basically on the on the future of his job, if he's been told anything. I'm wondering if you've heard anything from management about your future. And also Patrick Peterson and Chris Collinsworth were among those who spoke well of you last night. I'm wondering if you could say why you believe you're the right man to lead the Vikings as head coach into the future. Wow, that's a long question. Uh, no, I have not talked to any of them. Uh, did you want to answer the second part at all? I know you are under contract, but with the speculation swirling, maybe you can say why you believe that's you're not, the right guy to. Uh, that's come. not for me to judge. Oh, dude. I mean, I get that he's mad. I get that he's frustrated. That was a very fair, and I think that was a fair question. And I think I thought it was a really like good sort of softball way to pose the question. He even left it at the end, like, "Hey, these guys are speaking highly of you. What are your thoughts?" I don't know. I mean, Mike, I do, Mike doesn't like Chris Thomas in those. I don't. So. And I, you could tell. I mean, a lot of people are, are tough on Chris, but at the same time, like that's that's a, that's an unfair question to ask somebody because you're asking somebody to gloat for themselves, and those are the things that we make fun of these coaches for doing. Like we talked about a couple coaches before our show about like, can you believe that they would go out and actually have to like quote their whole resume? And it's like we know what you've done. We're for, we're all frustrated in the moment, and I think a lot of times too. You know, these coaches get these questions and they think that these fans have such a say, but they forget that it's the owner that has a say. And the owner knows the truth. The owner's in these meetings. He's sitting behind the closed doors that no one's allowed to sit behind. So he gets the final reports. This is the problem. This is where we're struggling. This is the this, These are the three guys we need to figure out. These are the three guys that are coming up. Like, they know everything. So when you have a team that you know, hey, listen, me and the owner are good. I feel like this is one of the things that I don't like when the media does. Why should you keep your job? Like, dude, that's an unfair question to ask anybody. Like, if we were to ask anybody, why should you keep your job? We would force you to gloat about yourself. And then all of a sudden we're like, can you believe this person? Like, they're over here telling us their old resume. That's like, fair. That's, that's fair. one of those things where you just got to be like, you know, have you talked to management? And I think he answered it honestly. No, I haven't talked to him yet. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I, I think the problem here too, Booney, is this. We all know what's going on so, so oh, like yeah. i i understand why the question has to be asked or maybe you don't need, need to ask it then chris but, like you know but you can say i i think the fair question is have you talked to the wilfs yet have yeah. they told you um because that's that's gonna what it's going to come come down to and you know at this point in time we don't know like we mike's going to in my opinion on monday be fired but we don't know how it's transpiring right. and and mike is at the point now where he is ticked off i just think to, to go back to what i said before i think it's interesting how people go out i think it's interesting when you see the character of the person like mike yeah. has had a really good run here um the the end has been rough but you know it's not like man i got two years and now i'm getting fired bleep all of ya. Right. you know mike has yeah, had eight years yeah, yeah eight years um conference championship game did some really good things right. did some really good things 
So I think what I'm most curious about is how does he frame this going out? Because he knows, we know. Right. Um, and and I thought I thought dumping on Mond is is if I'm in in your previous shoes in that locker room, that to me is where I'm saying really like you're going to go after Kellen Mond. Right. Like, here's that here's that clip just for the if if the audience hasn't heard the. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. I, I, love, I love the chip follow up. Micah, why don't you want to why get not, a look at him? Why not, Mike? Why not? I see him every day. He's not wrong. But no, yeah, it was, you know, it's just a, a little it's a weird. It's a weird drive by. It's I a weird drive by. I think that towards the end, he's right. You see, you see them kind of. And I don't want to say like scurry away, but you see them kind of like start to throw out there, like everybody that they want to throw under the boat. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like at one point, I just want to see a coach get fired and be like, hey, you're right. Didn't do it. Got to go. See ya. I mean, you know he's going to end up as a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator somewhere else the next year. And in three years, he'll have another head coaching job. It's just this big carousel. But instead, they're like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so couldn't throw the ball or we couldn't run the ball. Or you're like, dude, just bag on everybody. What what do you make? I went back and I, you know, Judd and I referenced this before the season, but I went and found Mike's comments from the 2018 NFL Combine. This is like a couple weeks before they wound up signing Kirk Cousins. Okay, and so they're coming off an NFC Championship game appearance with Case, right? With Keenum, who's yeah. a free agent. Teddy is, I think, Teddy, a free agent right, right, and right. knee surgery. Yep, and uh, Bradford had just like Sam, known yeah. basically had his legs amputated. Uh, so like they they had a a really good roster, right? And they needed a quarterback. And Mike basically warned everyone, and I'll read you the quote here. He basically warned everyone, saying that he didn't want Kirk Cousins as his highly paid quarterback because it was going to throw off the rest of the roster. Yeah, I think I remember this. So he said, "quote." How it affects the salary and how it affects the rest of our football team. It's important for myself and Rick that we pick the right quarterback that's going to help us to continue to move forward. If we don't do that, then I'll probably get fired. Now, of course, his record the first four years before Kirk Cousins is much better than his record the last four years. Uh, The rest of the quote is, the thing I told Rick was, look, we've won 40 games in four years because of this style of football. What I don't want to do is say, okay, we're going to sign a quarterback and we're going to take away from the rest of the things that have gotten us to this point. Now, on one hand, he was right. Like He's basically saying, I don't want Kirk Cousins to come in here and make $30 million and take up a big chunk of our cap and eat away from other players we could either retain or sign. I don't think that's the winning strategy. So on one hand, he literally called it four years ago and even called his own demise. On the other hand, all right, listen, you guys don't have a quarterback. Kirk is the best available quarterback. Uh, he's going to come in here, and it's on you to make it work. And it right. took Mike until season four to even start meeting one-on-one with Cousins every Thursday, right? So right. like when you hear that, how much do you say, boy, it sounds like the GM and the coach probably should have gotten on the same page there versus maybe the coach should have done some more adapting over the last four years. I think it's a little bit of both. But at the same time, I think you're right. Kirk was the best choice at the time, wasn't he? Like in the offseason, I yes. think. That, like yeah. there was no other choice. And you talked to – we they like at that time, they were primed pretty well for a championship. Like they were, they had the pieces. They just needed the one little one to go. But when you talk about 
not being able to adapt. I think that's a big issue in this NFL. And that's why I said it's important to understand who's going to be your quarterback before you go out and start hiring people. Because if you do go out and get somebody like a G-Ro and you keep Kirk Cousins, you have failed again. Like, that's why as soon as he came in, I think, you know, you could tell that their personalities were like oil and, you know, water. They were just not going to mish. But if that's when you're right. Zim needed to start being like, listen, I need to find somebody that can either talk to him or get to him through me that we can all sit down and talk in a room and we can figure this out as an offense and defense because that's important. And like people, they seriously overlook the concept of how important it is for the quarterback and the head coach to constantly be talking and constantly be with each other. Like you even look at guys like Mike Tomlin and the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger and how close they were yesterday hugging each other after the last play. It's like these teams that have these great relationships, they keep the rest of the team mellow because it helps let this head coach say, hey, listen, I'm going to go do the coaching things. You let me know what's going on downstairs, okay? Things get crazy. You can't handle it. You call me. I'll step in. Otherwise, you guys are a player-run team. And that's what happens with a player-run team. Like, you look at the Steelers over the last how many years, they've had these dominant defenses and at times these really good offenses and up and down. And it's just like these coaches just coach. And now all of a sudden when you have this coach that's like can't talk to this player who's like the most influential player on your team and you two don't get along, everybody sees that and they're like, oh boy, this is just not headed for anything good, you know? And you're constantly like walking around eggshells around the two of them and like, you know, someone pissed off at another one. And like as of lately, like as soon as Kirk starts making these mistakes, and we said it earlier in the season, they're going to be interceptions. Like if you want him to start airing it out, bad things eventually will start happening. Defenses pick up on you. But it's like you wonder how many times does he throw that pick and everybody on the sidelines is like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, like, oh, here we go. You know, what's it going to be like the next day? What's it going to be like at halftime? What's it going to be like after the game? What's it going to be like on the plane ride? Like these are all the things that you have to be thinking about. And that goes back to the GM of keeping good, solid foundation around you. No matter what happens, these five guys right here will never crack. And they will always be the leading driving force of this team that say, hey, listen, no matter what says up there, what these guys say behind us, it's what we say, and we're going to go out here and kick ass all day. I would love to go back as well um, to 2017 going into 18 when Kirk was signed now, guys. Um, because it's become like so crystal clear and we knew this, but I don't think we knew it to the degree that it's become obvious that the move for Kirk, and this is why the extension surprised me that that move for Kirk is what Booney said, which is, oh my God, our team is good. Everybody who we care about is coming back. Right. Right. If, if we put that quarterback in place, we are going to win a championship and you miss the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and that really so so like when when we do talk about um, Mike's time as coach here, I think it's only fair to really split it into two chapters, which is fourteen through seventeen and eighteen through twenty one. Because fair or not, the Kirk dynamic changed everything for sure. It really did. And you and and in retrospect, guys, I really think you had one year eighteen to win a championship. After that, I think you were trying. I think yeah. you cared. But go back and look at those years. And and what, one playoff playoff berth, one playoff win? Um, that, that was literally Spielman. And I think he dragged Mike along saying, we are all in coming off the embarrassing loss to Philadelphia. And we can win a title. And you didn't. And then I think you sort of started to say, okay, what should we do next? And that's probably not a good place to be in, Alex. Right. No, absolutely not. And I think that when you 
going forward. Like you have to start thinking about these things because if you are going to get a new coach, you have to think too, who's going to want to come here. And then all of a sudden what's their plan. And I think that's another thing is like, there's so many coaches now that are so influential and have so many, such power that when they come in, they're like, I want a fresh slate. I want all new. Th- I want all new stuff. And you're like, Oh boy, this is going to be a rebuild, rebuild. And you look at the Vikings and you're like, dude, you have pieces in the right place. Like you have some really, really good pieces that could interest a lot of people. But then all of a sudden you get a, you get a coach to come in and says, can we get rid of Kirk? Like, can we try and go for somebody? Like, can we try and go for Russ? Can we try and go for somebody that's going to maybe go crazy over here? Like all of a sudden, like things start getting crazy. Right. And that to me is like, if I'm the Wilfs, I want the GM that's going to come in and say, I'm going to land you Russell Wilson. I'm going to, I'm going to get Sierra on the phone right now. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. And this is my biggest issue. And this is why, this is why I go after all these GMs is because they're always so afraid to make a splash because they're like, well, what are people going to say? Who cares what people say? They're going to say you're an idiot if you don't do anything regardless. So you might as well go out and be the wild idiot. Like this guy came in, thought he was going to get us rust. Can you believe that? Like (laughs) at some point you have to go out there and say that though, because there's not a lot on the market and you know that these young quarterbacks coming in, we saw what the young quarterbacks do every year. We see it every year. Like they need time to grow. This league is so fast. It develops into this spawns into these defenses that you have to pick up so quickly that these quarterbacks are like, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. And you're like, I know we'll help you along the way, but just don't throw it to the other team. Okay. It's pretty easy, (laughs) but they somehow messed that up. And you look around and you're like, we have pieces in this team that we could go deep into our own conference. Like we could take the Packers easily. If we just move some pieces around and go after them, attack them more. If they would have attacked them more this last week, I felt like the Packers were kind of like, I don't know if we want to be here that much. Like the defense to me didn't seem like they were lights out at first. It just seemed less like the Vikings didn't want to play. And that's when you need a GM to come in and go, listen, let's shake the whole damn thing up. Let's go out and get Russ. Let's go out and start trading people. Let's start bringing in older guys that are just going to come in and work and be crazy. And, hey, listen, if you want to try and get a championship in the next three years, let's roll. You know, that's what you need. We might have to get Booney on Reckless Speculation Thursday here. I love, yeah. I love your quarterback. I'd love to hear a Booney quarterback list. Oh, we'll go. Oh, we'll be. No, I, I, save it. Save it. Oh, yeah. Think, no. next I got a list. Oh, next week, oh I'm dude, so yeah. excited. You know, oh. Booney, I'm not sure if you knew this, too, but uh, we actually have two weight loss plans on this show. Number one is uh, questionable brisket salmonella that leads to food poisoning in Scottsdale. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but the other one is uh, Olivia. I lost some weight over the holidays. Did you? <laughs> oh, dude. I was uh, I was on the uh, Hug Your Hotel Resort Toilet oh, for Six Hours plan. Uh, see that, Phil? Oh, sorry, that's the bro. wrong way to, to go. In yeah. fact, I'm going to tell you the right way because mine, <laughs> my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers have done right by me. And there's no pain. There's only gain in my case. Down from about 240, 208 pounds, gents. I've dropped um, a couple pant sizes, 38-inch waist jeans a couple months ago, 36 now. And when it comes to weight loss, there's no better feeling than saying, I did it. You can take the Livia I Did It 8-Week Challenge. Get your first eight weeks for free. That's right, for free. Limited time offer ends soon. Call today, 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Again, unlike Phil's plan, no pain for me, only gain as I drop those pounds. And then the best part, they're going to help me stay there as well. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Dude. Yeah, I, uh, so we did, um, we did a little, uh, so my, listen, I'm not going to pretend to be in the Iron Man shape that Alex Boone has been in um, throughout his retirement. 
But, uh, you know, my wife and I like to go pick a double black diamond, you know, a hard trail to hike once in a while, go check all trails. And we did the uh, the Pistwa Peak Summit and just was just ravaged with hunger afterwards. Mm. And we went to some brunch place last Tuesday and they had avocado toast, but it was like the two biggest pieces of bread you've ever seen with like brisket and weird like onion strings and stuff. And as I was eating it, I'm thinking something tastes weird. The brisket seems a little... I bet the onion strings got you, Phil. I don't know. You didn't say that before. I bet the onion strings caught up to you. What would it have been on the onion strings, though? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, it could have been... It It was definitely meat-related. It was meat-related. I think it was the brisket. It has nothing to do with it. How much weight did you lose? Worst Uh, case, someone didn't wash their hands. That's what I'm going to tell you right I'm, now. I've kind of felt like nobody washed their hands. That's what I was going to say. I felt the next one. But if, if you touch something with unwashed <laughs> no. hands, I'm going to tell you right no, now. That's, that's not gross. good for you. That's gross. <laughs> I know it's gross, but that's it's a crack to life, Booney. We're talking. This show deals in facts and reality. Oh, this is the third time in my life I've had food poisoning. The first time was a oh. sixth grade band concert field trip to oh. Uh, McDonald's. Oh. I, ha- I had a McChicken that looked undercooked as i was eating it but i was 12 i didn't know like oh, if mcdonald's wants to come back as a sponsor let yeah. me tell you right now your food is fantastic <laughs> and then i did a i did a chicken breast on a george foreman grill in college uh, that got me for about 48 oh, hours you didn't cook so. it good enough no nope. that was totally my fault at that yep. time. yeah yeah so that's anyways gross. uh livia livia is the right livia is <laughs> the right way to lose right. yeah. thank you Alex. <laughs> livia.com oh, they're very helpful to actually very nice sp- people. speaking of dining okay so uh declan and i weren't on the show last week but yeah. we want to hear more about your free agent dining experience did oh. you so you got dude you got the back room at manny's they yeah, took the, you to the back room at manny's yeah they probably don't tell anybody that but it's true it was great no, like judd oh. has spent when judd used to cover the team he would stake out during free agency, like no pun intended. He would literally that. like be at Manny's waiting for. Oh my God, is Dude. is uh, Ladanian Tomlinson going to walk in there? I Dude, it was you. it was hilarious because we walked in and Rick was sitting at the bar and the waiter was like, "All right, this way." And so we started to walk the other way into the hotel and I was like, "Because I had played here before a couple of times and we had eaten there." And I was like, "I thought we go this way." I was like, "All right, well, whatever." So we go this way and all of a sudden, like he starts walking into this wall and I'm like. Is he- you can walk into that wall, and then all of a sudden, the, the wall just opened, and I'm like, <laughs> "No, no way!" I'm just, like, "This just is a great. glorious room oh, of meat, dude." It was great. I remember my first night here; it was awesome. I had a lot of fun. We went with Tony and Hank and Rick and all those guys. It was a good time. What did you get? Everything. Because they, they just like they wheel the cart out and it's yeah. just like you're just staring at the raw carcass that you're about to dominate, dude. You, you don't to... have to ask. I want the tomahawk for oh, sure. That's all. Don't even cook it. Bring it, it. out. It was incredible. Did you know it? Love it. Next all right through you. Yes. I love Tomahawk. They're my favorite. Mm, So good. I know. Oh, man. man. But you know what the problem is? Everybody grills them too much. No, you got got to like barely cook that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I want to run the risk of food like, like rare? I want it purple. Yes. I want it purple. <laughs> I, want, I want the heartbeat still inside <laughs> that piece of meat. Was, yeah, you want, oh, you guys are disgusting. You, you cut no. into it. And... <laughs> guys in Frisco used to get so mad at me when I cut open into my steak. They'd be like, that's disgusting. I know. The blood comes pouring out. Oh, that's incredible. Bunch so. of West Coast. Oh, that's great. Know, that's, right? that's the way Pretty you boys. Steak, baby. Welcome to the Midwest, boys. Yeah. Oh, my God. You just so you're right off the farm. So is that how it was? How many other times were you courted? Because that was kind of your big free agency. Yeah, that was it. Right? Yeah, that was it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. 
it's always an honor because they don't just take anyone back there. Like only the guys that they saved cap space for get the oh, already, Matt Manning's I, treatment. I felt privileged. Yeah. They probably weren't happy when I showed up in jeans. Is <laughs> this supposed to wear a suit to this thing? Oh boy. You're did they try to like? Man. So I'm trying to remember. Did you go visit other teams, or did they just like hold you captive? No, this was different. Was... This was like later. Like when I first started in the league, you could do that, like fly around to different teams and talk to people. But then it started to be the phone calls, where it was the three days where you were just talking to all the teams. Oh yeah. And so it was, you know, here and then a couple other teams and stuff. So but, you you played w- with Justin Smith, right? Oh yeah, I love Jason in, in San Francisco. So the Vikings wanted. <laughs> to get him when, when he left the Bengals. Yeah. And he went to San Fran first and, and like the Vikings had all, all these plans, you know, wine and dine him. The bleeping 49ers put him in a helicopter Damn. and are, and like showed him the Bay. And he's like, I'm not leaving here. Yeah. They flew yeah. him over like the Bay. I mean, we could, we could have, we could have shown him the Hennepin Avenue bridge. Dude. He, he was, uh, Justin was the greatest man. He was one of the toughest dudes I ever met. If you looked at him, You'd have been like, man, that guy is one dumbass dude. But he was so <laughs> smart. Like he would start talking about finances and money and things. You'd be like, what is going on? He'd be like, come on, man, sit down and listen, pay attention. He'd be like, oh, my God. He's incredible. He played with a torn tricep one year, the whole year, which I don't even know how you do that. But uh, it's a true story. You can't tell anybody. He was we were standing out at practice one day and this was later into the playoffs and he had a torn tricep. And this was the year that we went to the Super Bowl, And uh, like his whole gig was he wouldn't practice all week, but then he played in the games. He'd still show up and get like three sacks and like 10 tackles for losses. I mean, this was Justin Smith. This was the guy, the cowboy. We called him cowboy. Everybody called him cowboy. And so he's standing there and he'd be away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Laughing with the old line D line and Harbaugh comes up. Jim was great. And I give him a lot of, a lot of slack, but he was a great guy. And he came up and he was <sighs> You know, <laughs> something about a guy working just makes you feel good about earning his paycheck. You know what I'm saying? Looks over at Justin, and Justin's like, Should you get the hell out of here? He goes, All right, I'm going to get going. <laughs> just walks away. I was starting dying. I was like, Dude, what? He was <laughs> like, Do you believe that quarterback? You believe quarterback come over here and talk to me like that? Dude, we had awesome. we had some classics. Oh. So the, the Michigan just got smoked by Georgia oh, in that semifinal. Michigan. But uh, but before the game, and I I was I texted a photo of this to to Boone, like Jim Harbaugh's out there, and he oh. had he didn't have the khakis. He had like the blue pants on, so he, he kind of changed up the look. But he's got the football gloves. Yes, and he is in the middle of pregame warmups, just like catching balls, throwing yeah, them. Like he's in the line, does. you know. Dude, <laughs> when not. Uh, he would he would rifle those balls in there, man. He would get under set because every year the you know the young guys would come in, and so the coaches would have to go out and do rookie mini camps. Well, the older guys would like we'd be just finishing up as they would kind of coming in, so we would watch them go out and like laugh at them and stuff. And like Harbaugh would always be yelling at the quarterbacks, "No, you gotta you gotta get under there. You gotta you gotta put your hands there." And he'd like get underneath the center and start smacking the living hell out of them. And you'd be like, this poor son, get under there. He'd like grab their hands. And stuff. He was just, here, I'll show you. I'll show you. Ooh, 80. I was like, oh, this dude is for real. It's so funny. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if Michigan, if Michigan's having some second thoughts, cause they got smoked in that bowl game. Oh boy. Someone at, was this on uh feedback Friday? I want to say last no, week. Someone filled it in. If he became available yeah, again. No, no, you don't. He's not going to come available. You don't he's, think he's going to coach in no, the NFL again? No, I don't. Stay at Michigan? Yeah, I think he's got a great gig there. I think that 
college coaches are super empowered right now and he loves it. He should stay there. I think the league is different, yeah. man. It's meant for different coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't honestly be in this league and try to be somebody that controls people. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. And people will look at me and be like, "Oh, that's that's kind of harsh to say, but it's not. It's the truth. These college coaches, they like to control your life. They like to tell you how to do things. They like to tell you where to be, when to be there. If you're not there, there's a punishment. Like that's how their life goes. NFL coaches are very different. You show up, we work together, you go home, I go home. That's it. And if you can't get that and like you try to pull too many people in for too long, eventually people are like, I feel suffocated, dude. Like, I got to get out. I can't always be football, football, football every that, day. That's, and that's why Antonio Brown decided I've just had enough. I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> I got to think, though. Like, I know people are giving this dude a lot, but you got to think something seriously must have went down. Or this dude seriously got something wrong with his brain. Because Did you guys see there's an angle? Right. There's an angle like there's a camera in the end zone when he's like taking his shoulder pads yeah. off and throw them. And there's like, like the punter is over there warming up his leg, looking over like, what the hell? Did you I see the cops? Happened. You, you saw the, the cop? cops looking at each other like, what are we? Are we yeah, supposed to cop. take him off? Yeah. Here, here's what I'm going to say about this. And, and yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I get that a lot of people have been to their breaking point in the league. And I've seen guys physically quit. Like in training camp, they were like, mm-hmm. I just can't take this anymore. I quit. And they walk out and I never see him again. And I'm like, well, that was quick. But when you're over here and you make a huge spectacle like that and you're whatever, number one, that's a selfish thing to do. Number two, when you claim it's your ankle, but then you run off the field and you do jumping jacks on the way out and you don't have a limp, I start to question why you, you know what I'm saying? This become This has become too political. This game has become too like, now I need to cover my ass because I just went crazy in the middle of a game. So I'll say I'm hurt because if I'm hurt, they can't cut me. And two, if I'm hurt, then I can tell that I said to B.A. I'm hurt. And he tried to get me to go out there when I'm not understanding what's going on, because it sounded like B.A. wanted to get you an extra million dollars. And you were like, nah, dude, I'm good. And B.A. was like, get your ass in the game if you want that money. <laughs> Like, right. what's the problem with all this? Coaches are not against you making that money. There's such a stipulation that like, and it might have been back in the 90s. But now, these coaches are all about you making your money because they know if I get you extra money, you'll be happy. Guys on the team will be like, look what coach just did for, for Antonio Brown after he got suspended. He gave him an extra million dollars. Why? Because he's working. He's on the field. He's being a better person like coach said he was. You know what I'm saying? Like These are all things that go back into like why good coaches are great. Hey, I know that Antonio's like 10 catches away from a million dollars. Let's get him 10 catches today, okay? Let's get him this money. Everyone will be happy. But he's got something. I mean, I, I think you're correct. I think oh, there's something got, seriously there, wrong. There's something wrong. Like, I, I don't think this is a this is a I'm mad thing. And, no. and, but, and And look, look, it's a scary fact. But, but you know, th- these discussions about CTE are scary. These discussions about what, what the impact of this game has. Again, it is the only sport, in my opinion, that's a brutal sport. It is. He, he also kind of seems, though, like like his behavior goes beyond just sort of weird, erratic. Like he yeah, seems like a see the bad, video? He seems like a bad guy, too. Yeah. Like some of the stuff with oh, women and stuff, too. Off. Like, yeah. Did you see the video, though, that he put, put out yesterday about, like, y'all think this is going to be uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last year? It's not. It's you know. Did you see that video? No. There's like a video of him yeah, sitting in the weird. car, and he's and he That's he odd. like goes weird mode, and he's yep. like, "Y'all think this is Ben's last year? It's not. You know who's he? Never said he was done. He just said he's done with the Steelers. Like he's gonna come back. And it was like somebody was like talking about like, dude, what is going on? Like that was the whole. And I'm like, is this real? 
Is this real right, right now? This, this dude took off all of his clothes, ran off the field, and now he's posting a video like nothing's wrong. Somebody should seriously, like, if the NFL he, really cares, they'll call him. He was like, courtside at the Nets game last night. Yeah. Somebody needs to call him and be like, dude, are you okay? Like, for real, you need right. to come in and talk well, to us. You're but, freaking us out. But when when Griffin had his breakdown that, that I think I think he live-streamed on Instagram, I, I mean, he literally, he had a gun, and he said, Dalvin Cook got me this gun. Um, like all of this is very like it's scary stuff. I know it is. Like, like that's not a normal, that's not a normal thing to be like, here's where I got the gun. And then Cook said he didn't. But I mean, the point is right. like these are mental breaks of sorts. Yeah. You know, not not that this matters at all, but Antonio Brown, up until about four years ago, was on track to be one of the four or five greatest wide receivers of all Ever. time, too. Like some Ever. of the numbers he was putting up and and I don't think I don't think that dude ever plays another snap in the NFL. I'll be honest with you, and I don't normally say things like this, but I agree. There was this, this thing I was reading, and somebody was like, "He hasn't been right since Perfect hit him." Yep. And I will say, you know, there are times where, like, you know, I talk to old friends, and they say the same thing I say, like, "Oh, I don't remember that." And you're like, something, you know, it's just so harmless. The conversations people don't remember, and then all of a sudden you start to think about it, and you start to realize, like, you're saying it a lot. Like, I don't remember that conversation. Were you sure we had that conversation? And you're like. Yeah. And then you see guys start to snap a lot more, and you're starting to see guys that are like, I need to take time away, which I think is great. I think guys are starting, but it's tough because you're only asked to play these 17 games. And then all of a sudden for like six games, you're like, I'm just not with it mentally. And it's like there was a time when that wasn't an excuse. You know what I'm saying? There was a time when none of this was an excuse. And it was like, you're not with it? Like. What do you mean you're not with it, dude? We're in the middle of the season. Get with it. There is no, you need to go take a break. I need to go yeah. sit and calm myself down. Like, you know, and that's where it's like, it's becoming weird to me that I don't understand why all of a sudden now it's so prevalent. The guys are like, I need to take time off. You're like, dude, there, there was a whole six months to take off before. Now this is the time to go. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it is something they need to look at. Maybe it is the way the coaches are coming down on guys. A lot of guys are like, dude, it's just too much. They're just constantly pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's like, that's kind of the evolution of sports, though. That's kind of like why we play these sports, to keep going, going, and going, and see how fast we can go, how much harder we can go, how much longer can we go. Like, And so it's like, at what point is this going to have its day where people are like, okay, we need to figure this out? Yeah, I mean, it's so I remember talking to just some former players, you know, in the last 10, 12 years about, like, when Junior Seah, you know, that was a tragedy. Terrible. And, Terrible. And, and everyone always points to CTE, and that's a huge thing, too. But, like, also... I think, and again, you play in the NFL. I never did. But, like, I think guys get addicted to the structure of it, too. Like, the yes. money is great, but there's the structure of it. And then when you when you leave that structure, it's just harder to live a normal life. Like, it's the first time in 15 years that you haven't had that purpose and that goal. Right. Every day there's something, like you're, there's just something you're trying to check off on a daily basis, and now it, that structure's gone, and it's hard for guys. I agree with you on that. And I think that that's a great point. And a lot of guys go crazy because they don't know what to do with their time. And they're kind of like, dude, we were always so busy. And now it's like, I have all this time and people are asking me to do like the one thing I've noticed is like when we were in the NFL, there were no questions that didn't pertain to football. There was no, who's the president, who's the vice president. Nobody cared. All you had to do was learn a 365 page booklet and you had to know it forward and backwards and Everything else just fell by the wayside. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it's weird how when you're in there, 
nothing matters but football. And all of a sudden you come out and you have to start answering real life questions. And you're like, wait, what? What the hell happened since I went in here? What are we doing? We, <laughs> what we, year is it? When did we raise taxes like this? Who agreed to this? Like I'm sitting yeah. over here talking to my homeowners association like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. When wait, did we say up? we couldn't do this? I, didn't, I wasn't here for this meeting. They were like, yeah, you were playing. I'm like. <laughs> Did you send me a letter? But they, you don't realize because you're so encapsulated in everything. What's, you know, third down, blitz percentage, red zone, two minute. There's so many questions that you have to know the answer to that you don't care what the world is doing right now. And I think that's why, like, when I came out of this, I was like, <laughs> what is going on right now? We And then, like, this is another thing. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't understand why there's such a race issue. I'm looking at my teammates like – there's a race issue in the world. Are we serious right now? They're like, I think, yeah, I think it's because in, in the football world, there is no race. Correct. You're a football player. You're an idiot. You're like to yeah. the coaches. You're all a bunch of idiots. But they're your like, brothers. Right. Yes. But and then, so I'm like sitting here like, wait a minute, this is for real guys. Yes. They're like, yeah, no, dude, this is, but real. then in the real world, it's in the real world. It's like, Oh, okay. Everyone had a different starting point and a reason why their families have money and didn't. And every, it, then you start Who to really unpack cares? 400 years. And so, so when, when I, I started to cover the league with Packers in 03. I remember my wife said one time, it was like, I don't know, Thanksgiving or Christmas time. And she's like, well, they'll, they'll be off this day, right? And I'm like, you don't get it. They don't live by our schedule. Well, These family gathering on uh, Thanksgiving? <laughs> no. These no. people don't live no. in our world. But I Good tried, ball. but it sounds crazy. Like, like my explanation sounded really stupid, but it's true. You guys, when you're playing, don't live by the rules of the world. We don't. You, you live by the rules of your sport. And nobody is saying... Um, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Can't practice. Now they might shorten practice, but, but you're going, you're working. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but I mean, that's the type of thing right. that I think. And and then what, what's really bizarre is every, once a week, you guys have an outlet to go hit people, basically try and destroy people. Like once a week, you've got this outlet that's there. Like the whole thing is is incomprehensible to a guy who sits behind a desk. Right. Oh, and then by the way, like uh, once that's over, then you have to shut all that off. Be too. calm now. Be cool. Yeah. Right. Just go watch your <laughs> titles all day. Like, Be normal. I'm, yeah. Like, yeah. That's the thing is like, and this is the thing I've noticed too, is the world has become so political that people won't even give you an honest answer anymore. And you're like, because when you're in football, the answers are very short and they're very quick and they're to the point, especially when you're talking to coaches because they don't want fluff. I want it to the facts. Now, what happened? Safety came off the edge. Didn't pick him up. I'm so sorry. In the real world, it's like, okay, well, um, Brian was trying really, really hard. He was giving it everything he had yep. and he just couldn't. <laughs> what needs just, to be fixed? Right. And so all of a sudden, you're, I'm like, <laughs> or like, I'll be like, there's other things, you know, obviously I do other shows and I'll be like talking to people like, hey, so how was it? They're like, great, you know, good. And I'm like, you got to give me some feedback, man. They're like, oh, you know, I think, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm nitpicking now. I'm nitpicking. I'm, be, I'm trying to be nice. And they throw out all these things. I'm like, dude, just get to the meat and potatoes. What the hell went wrong? Like, stop trying to fluff. Everybody's so nice to each other instead of just being honest with each other. It's like, my gosh. You know, what let's be, let, let, let's be honest with the audience that Surly is the best Ooh, beer God. for football watching mm-hmm. this January. Okay. And in fact, I've got a can right here, Surly Furious IPA in particular. That is the beer that you're going to need. And in fact, you know what? Vikings play Chicago Sunday. Meaningless game. Basically an, an exhibition. But it's the last Vikings game of the season. And so you'll be watching that game. And you're saying to yourself right now, Judd, what can I do to make this game have some impact in my life? Some meaning. 
That's right. Surly Furious never takes a game off, and the starters always play. That's why you got to be That's drinking right. a Surly no Furious. Cans on exactly Sunday. Exactly right. We're not putting in a quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing. No backup. Show me your cans on Sunday at Jay Zolgad on Twitter because you'll be drinking a first-team beer while watching second-team guys with two coaches about to be fired. That's right. Also, Federated never takes a day off when it comes to protecting your business from unforeseen risks. They've got over 100 years of experience in basically being an offensive line for your business. Find out more about all the people and resources Federated can bring to help maximize the success of your business at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. We covered Football. Mike Zimmer's downfall. We covered uh, you know, the status everywhere. of Antonio Brown, life I love the advice. Stuff. Well, here's I love a question. Stuff. Do, you think, do you think Antonio Brown will be back? Because there's a lot of speculation now that even though he went crazy, like they're saying that obviously they didn't get released yesterday, but like they're saying they're trying to block him from being picked up by somebody else, which, dude, you never know what somebody will do. Do you see him coming back? I just I think if he was still in his twenties, because he's in his thirties now, right? I just I don't know, man. He, he's drafted um, in uh thirteen. Twelve, thirty. He's like a sixth round pick too. He was a yeah. late round pick. So he went to central Michigan. Yeah. Him and Staley. Yeah. He, I don't think so. I, I, I couldn't sign him. I couldn't sign him at this point. I agree with no, you. No, I don't after that. No, I couldn't. But here's why. If I'm if I'm the league, I privately say don't sign him because what's the message if you do he has mentally oh, he has something yeah. wrong like, like everson griffin should never worry about playing football again yeah he needs to take care of himself and football booney i think i'm i'm not going out on a limb by saying this football is not a good thing for your mental health <laughs> so so like i'm not being mean here. I mean, it's so it can, fun i think it can be but but not yeah, when you have pre-existing condition but but <laughs> no, i mean Brown and Griffin are guys who should who should be told you need to take care of yourself, and this yeah. lifestyle's not doing that for either one of you. Right, yeah. agreed. Uh, God, there's yeah, we should. There's more to dive into there. At some, am point I coming somewhere. on on Thursday now? What are we doing on Thursday? Speculation Thursday. Do you want to come on on Thursday? We're gonna yeah, do speculate Thursday. Thursday. It's, it's reckless Ooh, speculation uh, Thursday on which we would want a quarterback list from you. We we want your quarterback list. That's Can we I do want. it next Tuesday? Can we do yes. a reckless <laughs> speculation? Yeah, reckless. <laughs> Speculation. So it can we be want, crazy. It can be guys, guys who. I mean, obviously, there's guys who are currently with other teams. I don't think Rod. I don't think there's any way that the Packers would send Rodgers to the Vikings. That's not going to happen. But you know, if you want to put him on the list, he's not. Like, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo might be on the move. Just saying. Yeah, put together a list of your list. If the Vikings move on from Kirk Cousins, oh, I got what are the possi- What are the possibilities? And actually, you know what? Also. If the Vikings did the right thing and named you GM, which they should, I I would like Talk like easy. four ancillary impact moves. So oh, that's like, easy. Like your quarterback list, and then these are the four things that I would do. Impact like Keurig coffee makers in all hey, the uh, it, conference lockers. Rooms. <laughs> you know, the lockers. Is this like my first interview? Does this get sent to the Wilfs? Uh, I, believe, be. I believe it's the Wilves because what I just said. Yeah. Wilves. Wilves. The Wilves. Wilves. It can be. It's a pack of Wilves. Wilves. <laughs> this guy. I need All to right. be in that meeting room this week when the Wilves sit down together with their goofy little mustaches. You don't want to be in those meeting rooms. I'm telling you, they're harder hitting than you think. There is no comfort who's losing, zone. Who's losing their job? All right. All right, good stuff. That's Alex Boone. You guys are the best. He's a football-loving awesome, friend. Man. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We'll see you guys tomorrow.